This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the NXT review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review last night's episode of NXT. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review the show formerly known as NXT, but pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a video quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Sidgwick to review last night's episode of NXT, the go-home show ahead of the great And God bless the United States. Following on from, of course, NXT Battleground. You're grounded! Battleground! Thank you to everyone, by the way, who sent me the clip doing the rounds uh, just the other day on Twitter of the anniversary, I think it was, of Bailey debuting on the main roster at Battleground. You're grounded! Battleground! But Bailey's debut! Uh, anyway, <laughs> a lot of wrestling on this show, Sige. Yeah, I was. Um, I found this disappointingly boring. Like, I'm trying to rack my brains and think, was there anything stupid and endearing on this show? Oh, we'll find it. And I'm thinking, not really. It was very, very bland. It was like Triple H had a trip down to the performance <laughs> center and decided to book this one. Um, as a result of me being a little bit bored by this, um, let's try and force some fun. Okay. And with our running bit where um, I give you the name of a takeover event. Oh, yes. And you try and mangle it in your way. So how about, I might have done this before, I don't care, NXT TakeOver Unstoppable. Okay. NXT TakeOver. Someone's cut their brakes. Unstoppable. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, very good. I like it. Um, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2. Oh. What are you going to do with this? Uh. (laughs) NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. I'm walking in twice. Two. Oh, my God. (laughs) Right, one more, one more, one more. Um, NXT TakeOver Philadelphia. (laughs) NXT TakeOver. Give me a steak. Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> Had a cheesesteak, not in Philly, but in Las Vegas. Oh, I'm, I'm doing that at 40, WrestleMania 40. We're all going. 
I'm just going to speak it into existence. Yeah, I don't. I, it's, there's no plans for this to happen. Yeah, I'll sort something out. We'll get it sorted. Oh, it's not WrestleMania without the. Come on. Come on, guys. This is for me. I haven't been in the last two trips. <laughs> hey, you're going to all in. I'll be sick. Hey, hey, hey. I went uh, double or nothing. I said all along, uh, I don't want to go to a WWE <laughs> trip if there's the chance yeah. of AEW. And I went and I saw an ex- and I willed an explosion secret spot into existence. And <laughs> God damn it, I saw it and I was electrified. And of course, what else um, happened when we were in Las Vegas? I went to a press scrum and... Oh, I believe um, you introduced yourself and uh, obviously said, Michael Sidgwick, What Culture Wrestling Podcast, and uh, the world champion of AEW described us as... One of the only professional wrestling podcasts that's actually worth a f- Thank you. What button were you going to press? I don't know. I panicked. <laughs> and you said... Las Vegas. So I instinctively thought maybe you were going to do something along the lines of... Money. 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 Or maybe instead of blackjack or roulette, you had a game of... Bingo! Imagine that. (laughs) Two little ducks. (laughs) Day Dom comes out to start the show. He does. With Rhea Ripley. And was there a promo train? There was. Uh, Judgment Day runs all of WWE. Basically the same power as Raw. Senor Money in the Bank. Balor's going to be the new World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, Mammy's the greatest women's world champion ever, says Dom, gets booed out of the building. And Rhea says, Dirty Dom is your new NXT North American champion. Look at all your faces. Look at all the neck beards freaking out. Look at all the women screaming. Uh, Dom, over the booze, says he finally made the Mysterio name relevant. Uh, Rhea turns attention to Lyra Valkyria, whilst the crowd chants, cut the mullet. It's all right if I give my kid a mullet. Do you think that'd look good? It's in fashion now. Yeah. And you think, oh, God. Honestly, I wanted a mullet when I was, like, 19, 20, when I had, like, longer hair. Yeah. Never had the balls to do it. I think you could have pulled it off. There's a lot of people, like, it's, it's just a thing nowadays, isn't it? You just see students just rocking it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Ginger mullet is, must have been quite the <laughs> sight. Um, yes. Uh, anyway, they're interrupted by the former North American champion, of course, Wesley, who comes out there and says he, he's furious. He hates seeing the title in Dirty Dom's hands. For 269 nice days, that title represented hard work and opportunity. Uh, he put his heart and soul into the title. He wants his rematch. Um, and Rhea says, huh, a new North American champion is exactly what NXT needed. And he says, you know what? I agree. We need a new champion tonight. See what he did there. Yeah. But before they can set that up, here comes Mustafa Ali, who says, look, I've got a lot of love and respect for you, Wes. Uh, no respect for Dum Dum over here. Um, uh. Dom stole the title from Wes. Uh, that's what he does. He steals catchphrases. He steals his daddy's 619. He steals his other daddy's frog splash. That was a nice little bit. Um, and he stole my opportunity to become North American champion. Uh, I was going to beat Wesley at the Great American Bash. Uh, uh, what? At the Great American Bear. And God bless the United States. Thank you. Um, but that clown had to drop the ball. Wesley just sort of puts his hand over a mic and says, don't talk to about me like that. I'll drop you right here. Ollie's like, oh, no, I didn't mean anything like that. I'm uh, just frustrated. I'm angry. This twat, twat, uh, twat, cut in line. Um 
and bloody, you were too stupid to listen to me. And this, of course, fires Wesley back up and he slaps the mic out of Mustafa Ali's hand. Dom's like, I can see an an out here. So he says, hey, this is a you guys problem. This isn't a dirty Dom and a mammy problem. Why don't you fight out and find out who's going to the bash? And he sort of provokes Ali. Ali swings for him. Of course, Dom ducks. Wes uh, Lee takes the hit. Wesley tackles Mustafa Ali. They start brawling. Dom and Rhea just bail and smile and laugh as they walk up the ramp. I did like the little touch that they weren't just completely consumed by the fight. Like, Ali and, and Lee are just sort of swinging at each other. And at one point, they stop and look and realize, oh, Dirty Dom's gone. I got away with one here. Yeah. Nice touch, that. And it obviously would set up later on the announcement of the triple threat uh, at uh, the Great American Bash for the North American title. I'm absolutely mystified why they didn't do a ladder match. <laughs> Did not realise that they could have done one. They loved doing them. It's all right. They've got a, what's it called? A weapons wild match instead. So they'll just probably hoil a ladder in there. Yeah. This was a segment. This was a show opening segment of a WWE broadcast. Yes. The brawl looked all right. Um, Dom in the background when Wesley and Ali were having their verbal spar, good value. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not entirely useless. Like, he doesn't just, right, the road agent gives him instructions, and he sometimes follows them well, sometimes he'll just make a mistake. He has got that, it's not just pushing a button or a well-crafted storyline involving his father, like, to be fair to Dominic Mysterio, he does have something. He does have a quality, mm. a very punchable quality. <laughs> and he's good at leaning into it in these types of segments. Yes. Even if he's uh, mechanically very poor. It, um, it gave me sort of a reminder of, I remember it was, maybe it was because it was at Pando Times. I never wanted to circle back to times like that. But it was, we were reviewing NXT, right? And Grumpy Roddy Strong from uh, AEW Dynamite. More on him later on today. Um he was North American champion, and I think it was I think it was Keith Lee and uh, Donovan Dickhead. Dijak now, put some respect on his name. I yeah. like this character of his. They had, I think, a number one contenders match, and he ran in and caused a DQ. And it was like, why would you do that? Why would you, instead of facing just one of them, why would you decide to face both? And actually, I praised it at the time because I thought it was actually quite a clever piece of... Uh, thinking from the heel champion because he thought, well, one-on-one, I'm not beating either of these giant lads, but maybe they'll be so focused on trying to cancel each other out and beat beat each other up that I can steal one. That's exactly what Roddy Strong did. Kind of the same thing here for Dom. Surely you just want to fight one of Wesley or Mustafa Ali. No, you can already tell what's going to happen on Sunday that they're going to be so obsessed with kicking the crap out of each other, Dom potentially could steal one and still leave as North American champion. Hamflet's not back on Monday, is he? No. (laughs) (laughs) I will be potentially watching this live, depending on how I feel on Sunday night. Oh, how things unfold. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, don't cost me that. You can have All In, you can have SummerSlam. Not this. (laughs) Not the family. <laughs> no. Come on. Come on. Yeah, Louise. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think uh, yeah, for a, for a way to set up a triple threat, it was a WWE way. Yes, and the triple threat will be a WWE match. Indeed. Uh, you know how much a clothesline can put you down for five minutes, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you might capitalize <laughs> on some tension between the baby faces. Who knows? Who knows? 
Uh, Mackenzie Mitchell's in the back with the newly reunited family. Tony D and Stax. She welcomes Tony back and he says, Oh, feels good, Mackenzie. I look a little bit uh, better than the last time we spoke, huh? But for real, the reception I received from the NXT Universe, I will never forget. And uh, she mentions Gallus trying to ruin his homecoming. He says, ha, how'd that work out for them, huh? And Stack says, yeah, Marky Mark did a nosedive right in the cannolis, boss. Absolutely rubbish. It's getting worse. The thing is, if you could do Tony, you can probably do Stacks realistically yeah. because they're both, let's face it, stereotypes. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm trying too hard. Maybe that's what it is. But loosen up, limber up. Okay, let me do Tony. Oh! Okay, try that into stacks. Absolutely pitiful. All that's left, Mackenzie, is this Sunday. We reclaim the streets of NXT when we win the tag team titles at the Great American Bear. And God bless the United States. We do um, God bless the United States and Tony. God bless the goddamn United States, huh? Stacks coming early. That sounds a little bit like Stacks. Maybe you're getting there. Uh, wait a second. God bless. Son of a... <laughs> Every time I think about it, it's... Bronco, Nima, and Lucian Price interrupt. Uh, and they say, I don't know what streets you're talking about ruling. We've never heard of you. Um, and then they threaten them with a bit of Spanish. Stacks says, oh, it's that Espanol. Oh, see, says Tony. Hey, in some neighborhoods, we move silently, but we carry a big stick. And they almost get into it. And Tony stops anything kicking off. He says, oh, so how's this? Sunday, it's Sunday. You boys are looking to make a name for yourselves, and I'm looking to shake a little uh, prison rust off. Let's see you tonight, and the match is set. These shows, I... They're so easy to book. (laughs) Well, speaking of which, we get a clip from last night, apparently, uh, with Lyra Valkyria challenging Rhea Ripley to a match on NXT, which we already knew was obviously going to happen. Uh, and then she's there with, bird person this is, with Mackenzie Mitchell, uh, who asks why she asked for the match. She says, look, I've been in NXT for seven months now. Uh, I need to know where I stand. Rhea's the measuring stick um, of NXT. You know, she's been watching her from, from her NXT UK days, basically. And tonight, she's going to show the world who she is. I was excited for this match. Yeah, me too. And Jesus, they delivered. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of... Uh, Delivering, delivering on exactly what we forecast was the mm-hmm. Represented here by Joe Gacy, uh, Mick Jagger, Robbie Fowler, and at ringside Ava. She hasn't got a surname, she's the Rock's daughter. Uh, taking on the team of uh, Carmelo Hayes, the world champion, the number one contender, Ilya Dragunov, and our favorite, Trick Williams, who I thought looked really good in here. Mm. I liked his drop kick. Nice. Uh, right to the goddamn face. I didn't move right. <laughs> Uh, Gacy knocks, gets knocked to the floor at one point. Dragunov keeps asking for the tag and then decides, I'm just going to tag myself in, basically. Knocks uh, the other two outside, goes to go after Gacy, goes to charge at him, but he moves. Oh, no. They can't coexist. And he knocks Trick Williams right into the steps. And he's like, oh, bloody hell, I didn't mean to do that. Um, so the Gacy uh, take over, and it looks like Gacy's got the match all sorted. Mm-hmm. He's setting up. He's got um, someone knocked down. One of the I can't remember who it was. One of the opponents is locked, knocked down in the ring. Um, 
Carmelo Hayes, I think it was. He's setting up to come off the top rope when all of a sudden, Michael Sidgwick, two masked members of the Wydigim are there and they pull the lads off of the um, apron. <laughs> Mick Jagger and Robbie Fowler get yanked off of the apron by these uh, mystery a, a men. running gag now, is it? Mystery men. Casey comes off the top. No one's there. Uh, Hayes sort of stumbles into the t- corner. Dragunov. No, it was Dragunov. That was it. Because Dragunov signaled for his finish. And Hayes just blind tagged in. Uh, and Hayes goes up top. Hits the nothing but net on Joe Gacy. One, two, three. Despite the win, though, all is not well for this team. Williams is pissed off at Ilya. He's having to be held back by Carmelo Hayes. But, hey, have the Creed's infiltrated the team? Yes. Yes. They have. As, in this case the other week. This is absolutely woeful stuff. Uh, <laughs> absolutely woeful. Everything that the schism do is absolutely dire. Why on earth you would try and use the jism as a vehicle to advance your NXT title feud on the go-home show is uh, completely mystifying to me. Um, the world, the the title build was horrendous. You're say it's dovetailing storytelling. No, no, the match was uh, not particularly good. It was a hackneyed, stupid, cliche WWE story. I've run out of jokes. I think at this point, <laughs> and yeah, Trick Williams, it's like kind of laboured in his movements. He's not. You know, he, I can I can see him thinking, which is. Not good, because he doesn't feel like loose in there. He doesn't feel like it's coming naturally to him. There was a point where he did a salvo of worked punches that didn't look bad. Mm. And then he does the drop kick, and it looks very, very blue-chip rookie. Mm. That looks like every drop kick you ever see an athletic guy do when they can't actually do it. And then his kip-up looked terrible, and he just looked so laboured and stilted in his movements. And then, like, Dragunov just looked like a dickhead, <laughs> like, trying to coexist with this team. And, ah. Uh, I hated all of this, you, and it was all bad. I know you say objectively. This, I know you say this every time, but if someone's listening for the first time, uh, if especially if it's Trick Williams, what would you recommend he does? Go to the LA Dojo for a year. Right at this performance center. Lo- I mean, looking at him, he is a megastar. Listening to him, he is a yeah, megastar. and listening to him as well. We're yeah, big fans of Trick Williams, but the training at the performance center and or his aptitude. It's not really working out. I don't think he looks good in that ring at all. And I want him to go to the LA Dojo for a year. I really, to to change what we're talking about on this match, I really want the story to be, because, um, you know, NXT is not there for serious storylines, right, personally. I want them to line up next week, the GTMCs, Joe Gacy, to line up all the new members I, and if you can, because, I mean, it's WWE, there's going to be a lot of generic-looking athletic dudes knocking about. Try and get, let's say, eight, literally, because you can't see their face, identical-looking men, right? So complete, I want you to try, if you, if basically, if they stood in a line, uh-huh. there'd be no, their outlines would be exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then put the creeds in there. Because Julius Creed's taller than a lot of the developmental guys, and Brutus Creed is a cannonball. Yes, and have Joe Gacy not be able to work out who they, which one it was, because they're all wearing masks, and if you can't see their face, they just uh, they all look the same. I want some pattern with this, basically. Eighteen roots, one tree. Is it at this point? <laughs> 
We need to chop off some roots. This tree's rotting from the inside. That line will get uttered next week. Yeah, no doubt. Um, brilliant video package. I'm slightly biased, but it was uh, setting up Tiffany Stratton. Oh, this is really good. Title defense uh, at the Great American Bash. She's talking uh, about being the epitome of a champion. I'm not going to lose to a 19-year-old. Uh, she said, Thea's got so much goddamn energy. She'd probably run from Florida to Texas. Um, I didn't, t- I like this, very good heel stuff. I didn't tap her out. My hand just grazed the mat. And the ref can see it, dude. <laughs> After the Great American Bash, and God, by the way, why are we talking about it? God bless you, nice And God bless the United States. I'll still be... <laughs> I'm sorry. I've written here. After the Great American Bash, I'll still be North American champion. No, she won't. After the Great American Bash, I'll still be women's champion. Toodles! Great stuff. She almost broke into your impression of her <laughs> when she said adorable. Yes. I had to rewind it. Like, what did she say? It's like adorable. this is the Wilborn transcriber. Adorable. Both, both of these perfectly pitched for each character. The, the next one was one. unbelievable. Yeah. It's a really good edit in here. Obviously, when she's being energetic. Obviously, when Tiffany Tr- Stratton says, oh, she's very energetic, it cuts to footage of her, like, warrioring those robes I was about to say, I never watched Warrior growing up. I was too young. Thea Hale is my ultimate warrior. That's just better. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. By orders of magnitude. But just in terms of reaching through the screen, it made me go, let's go! Yeah. She's great. Protect her at all costs. No, honestly, the third package was fantastic as well. Um, Von Wagner versus Big Body Javi came next. Get in! Yes. Von's working again and... Uh, Stone's like, he endorses him now? He's got a white suit. Von, what do you think of my outfit? Is it all white? Very good, Robert. <laughs> I like that joke. He's getting it now. He's getting he it a little it bit. Now, yeah, yeah. Also, there's going to be a few of these. Um, I do not pay that much attention to commentary when it comes to NXT and SmackDown. A little bit of Wade Barrett, obviously, good friend of mine, arguably one of my best friends. And I despise Corey Graves, especially when he does prolonged impersonations of Ludwig Kaiser. Who does that? Come on. Right. <laughs> but I think... <laughs> right. Let's uh, try, and, try and encapsulate this. So uh, you've got Excalibur, Tony, Taz, great on Dynamite. Got Ian Riccoboni and Nigel, Nigel McGuinness on Collision. I really like them. Nah, he's just uh, not the don't get. Nigel McGuinness doesn't get it. The whole reason why the heel commentator worked is that Bobby Heenan had these absolutely deranged <laughs> justifications for the heels' antics. Yes, which proved through a very hilarious sense of humor that those actions were. Unjustifiable. Mm. Or he said things like, <laughs> he's just thrown himself through a window. Yes. And it's like, no, no, the heel did that. Yeah. The heel did that. He, he put over the heels. These new modern heel commentators just say, oh, I like him. He's, I like that he's bad. Like, what? Well, I've got some good news for you, Michael Sidgwick. If, you lo- if you're a fan of Bobby Heenan, one of the greatest commentators I of all time. I love him so much, man. Corey Graves said, uh, you know, once those shackles come off, he's going to kick into Bobby Heenan. Oh, I remember so. that, just uh, still waiting. Still waiting. Um, but I still think Booker T and Vic Joseph might be my favorite commentary pairing in all of wrestling because it's absolute carnage. 
I'm, they're completely on completely different wavelengths. I've no idea. I think Booker T's on a different wavelength to not just Vic Joseph. Yeah, granted, but it's also you know Vic Joseph. So alongside Booker T being Booker T, you also get. Which uh, appeals to me, let's say. There's more on this later, but I just wanted to... Like, I get it. Sometimes in modern day wrestling, the commentators say, don't clue me in on the finish. I want to be genuinely surprised. If they need to know about something that's happening, maybe the wrestlers will give them the old, you know, here's the here's the way things are going to go, and we'd like you to make this feel special. But sometimes, you know, they're, just, they're going in as, as clueless as we are in terms of the result. <laughs> but Von Wagner literally just kicked the crap out of Big Body Javi about three weeks ago. If we'd have been previewing this yesterday, I'd have said, what do you reckon's going to happen? And you just said, he's going to squash him in like two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Booker T goes, expecting big things from Big Body Javi in this match. I spoke to him before, and he show me what you got. And he got about three punches in on Von Wagner before Von immediately took him into the corner, battered him, uh, <laughs> pummels him, hits a sort of rock bottom slash spine buster finish of his and gets the one, two, three. Booker T treats wrestling as if it's a shoot and he has a pretty poor grasp on what's going to happen. He's not doing a heel commentator where I was like, oh, I like Big Body Javi because he's the baddie. Yeah. He's just like, it. the the, the quality of his commentating is if he approaches it as if it's real mm-hmm. and he just doesn't understand who's good and who's <laughs> bad or what's up and what's down. It's the oddest thing. So, Von gets the win. Good, first yeah. of all. Fan, good. Yeah, fantastic. But now, of course, because he's the fan favorite, he always wants to send them home with a smile on their face. So, he celebrates, builds to a huge pap. He's like, come on, give me a bit more. They're like, yeah, Von Wagner. And he's like, shall I do the thing? They're like, yeah, put him through the fucking table. <laughs> yeah, I'd love yeah. that. So, Have these <laughs> by the way. <laughs> these fucking American wrestling fans. I've met some of them. They're really nice. Yeah. Have they taken, because this chant has decided to just become a thing now, have they taken to requesting tables in straight singles matches? Yeah. There was at least one tonight where I heard that chant. I'm like, are you joking? There was one on Raw, was it? There was definitely one last night. I forgot the specific match. What, what are you doing? It's a singles match. You're not going to get it. <sighs> but, uh, yeah, he... Got to give the people what they want. He uh, grabs Savvy, power bombs into the table, huge pop. Right, even Robert Stone's like, I love it, Vaughn. I love it, Vaughn. Uh, but out of nowhere, he gets speared by Brown Breaker. <laughs> Beats him up, grabs a chair. I don't think he missed. I think he was like showing, I could have twatted you with this chair. Oh, I get ready up. for this. Yeah. And the referees are like, stop it, Brom. Brom versus Vaughn, biggest heel versus baby, biggest baby face. Quick I mean, I, I'm banging into this. Yeah, this will be awesome. Vaughn gets the win over Breaker, which catapults him to that world title. That's fantastic. That's what Just, I'm, I'm living for this. Why are you barking? You are not a dog. <laughs> but it could be worse in terms of takes. You could be your dad. Uh Right, Mello and Ilya are backstage. Uh, he says, look, we won, but that's as far as we're going to go. Uh, Ilya says, well, I'm going to take your bloody title. Get into each other's faces. And Trick comes flying in. He's furious. He says, what the hell was that out there? And Ilya says, that is when collateral damage happens. Uh, and Hayes is like, hey, 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 look, I've got Ilya on Sunday. Let's act professionally. <laughs> Trick's basically like, bollocks to that. I'm going to go and call him out later. 
cool. Yeah. Understandable to be pissed off. He's sent you to the goddamn stairs. Yeah. I mean, it's can they coexist off Wilborn? I don't know what I meant to say. Yeah, fair enough. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Gable Stevenson was ready to make his decision next. He comes out. He uh, thanks everyone in NXT. Right, the plaster has done a good job. Do you agree? It's wallpaper. <laughs> like, what do you want us to say? He got it symmetrically correct. <laughs> Are you happy with it? Um, yeah, ambivalent. He says, you may not know who I am. I'm Gable Stevenson. You, Ash. Hey, hang on. Wait a second. You might not know who I am. Way to do a superstar presentation of an actually famous athlete. Yeah. Are you joking? Get USA. It's all he deserves, though. Mm. Get USA chance, of course. And God bless the United States. Um, mentions the fact he's a 2020 Olympic gold medalist, two-time NCAA champion. He's heading to the... Of all the Wikipedia pages that do not necessarily need... I mean, obviously, you're going to broadcast it. Just have won the gold medal, couldn't he? He did that the other week. Or, like, they could have, like, just say, I am, you know, they have to do the exposition. But, like, you might know who I am. What a gold medal at the Olympics. What? <laughs> He's writing this. Uh, the Olympics next year, Paris. Uh, he could become the first ever two-time wrestling gold medalist. There's other options, though. Uh, go back to college, three-time NCAA Won't champion. Be his most impressive achievement. Uh, or he could make his decision and, and stick around here. But before he can make his decision... Here comes Baron Corbin, of all people. He says, be careful what you're going to do next. Could be could determine your entire future. Here's some advice. Go back to college or go to the Olympics. Just don't come to NXT or I'll have to make you do something you've never done before. Fail. Um, the mat's going to humble you, make you question your entire existence. The point that you'll come out here and tell an Olympic gold medalist not to do it. You see what he did there? Um, can't tell me to say no. What? He says Gable is uh, eye to eye with a great white. We've just done the tiki torches thing. Really? Couldn't we use any? <laughs> just, just say shark. Just say shark. Anyway, he's starving. He smells blood in the water. Uh, you need to leave before you get hurt. And Gable basically says, oh, thanks for saying that. You've made my decision for me. 
Um, he challenges Corbin to a match at the Great American Bash. It's going to be his first match in NXT, and then they get into it. Uh, he waist locks Corbin, suplexes him. Get, Corbin tries to fight, a fight out the second one and gets hit with a huge overhead belly to belly. The match is set for Sunday. If it was me booking this for the purposes of the optics, I would not have Gable Stevenson Stevenson involved in a storyline in which he is told to do something that he doesn't want to do. Correct. Fair. Um, backstage, uh, Rhea's stretching out before her match, uh, and Dom's wondering whether or not it, it was a good idea to do a triple threat. Uh, and Rhea says, Mammy is uh, always right and always on top, just like she's going to be against a uh, bird person. She grabs her title and says, I'll be right back, heads out for a match. I saw some people online saying when Rhea says, Mammy's always right and Mammy's always on top, there could be some sort of double meaning there. I, d- I didn't I, I didn't understand that. I thought it just, I don't, it just meant, you know, Mammy's in control. If you're on top, you're in control. But yeah, the, and you're on top of the women's division. Yeah, because exactly. She is as champion but there's another... on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when she has sexual intercourse with Dominic Mysterio. Oh. It's like they do the cowgirl position. Oh. Potentially even reverse. You'd still technically be on top there. Yeah, um, reverse cow. Reverse cowgirl, obviously, is when the back is. Yeah. Yeah. It's more of a visual one, that. Mm. It's a way for porn to. Show the woman's tits. Good. Good to know. Cora Jade versus Dana Brooke in a kendo stick match next. The rules of this match, Michael Sidgwick, if you had to guess the rules of a kendo stick match, what would you you guess? It'd be a singles one-on-one match. Singles one-on-one match in which kendo sticks and kendo sticks alone Mm -hmm. are um, able to be used. Otherwise, it would just be a no disqualification. My, my thoughts exactly. My thoughts exactly. Which is why when we when you and I did some ridiculous booking yesterday, I literally said, "I know it's a kendo stick match, but we need a ref bump to use a chair shot." We how, wrong, how wrong we were! I love that. Fucking stupid man. Sorry. There's a kendo stick match, right? With the idea being that if you want to put your weapons over, first of all, don't use them as often as you have because I see a kendo stick mm-hmm. and I just roll my eyes at this point. It doesn't feel like someone's in trouble. Yeah. Oh, my God. If you're going to do a match built around a weapon, I need to take that weapon and that weapon alone seriously as, all right, they've got the weapon now. That's the difference maker because it really hurts. Ah, oh, the chair hurts more than this. <laughs> Why would I then care about a kendo stick match? Well, well, I'll, I'll get into they, they perfectly actually answer. You're going to feel really silly okay. when, we, when we get to the spot. Um, but never mind all that because uh, we've obsessed about this match. Not only have we, we watched the beginning of this match twice. We watched it separately, and we watched the beginning of it together in the office earlier for, yet again, another golden moment on NXT commentary. So Dana Brooke comes out, and she's doing some sort of Catwoman gimmick, okay? Fair enough. You know, wrestlers do that sort of thing all the time. Vic Joseph, for all his flaws, right, is explaining the history of Cora Jade and Dana Brooke that has led us to this match, which also, of course, features Kalani Jordan, who's out there with Dana Brooke. Booker T, in his own inimitable style, says, Never mind all that sh, Vic. <laughs> right. <laughs> I want to address the elephant in the room. <laughs> Not you. Not Ellie. you. Right. <laughs> what do you make, <laughs> Vic? What do you make of uh, Dana Brooks' outfit? And he sort of, you can hear him sort of nudging me in the room. Catwoman. What do you like that, eh, Vic? And Vic's like, Really? That's what you're going to focus on, Booker? 
in a kendo stick match? The wardrobe of the participants? Then for about 10 seconds, and it feels like an hour, yeah. especially when it's like that on NXT, there is silence on commentary. We get the announcement of Cora Jade. She comes out. Vic thinks, no, I'm not let this go. He says, uh, huh, what do you rate the hats Cora Jade's wearing, a eh, book? If, you, if that's going to be... Booker T's response was, it is part of the match, Vic, okay? How? How is wearing a Catwoman outfit beneficial in a kendo stick match? Anyway, never mind all that. Dana attacks... More coverage of attire to stop getting those welts? There was less. If she don't, <laughs> I if mean, she, theoretically. Yeah, granted, but... And she took the mask off, so it's not even like, well, at least you're not going to get hit potentially in the eye. It's not a force field. Me, yeah. I'm, I'm an idiot. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I that down as an idea. Re- wrestler with force field, question mark. We'll do it. Yeah. yeah. So Dana attacks Cora before the bell, uh, takes her down, rolls her back in. Cora bails to the outside, but gets thrown against the ring steps and then uh, into the apron and then over the announce booth. <laughs> Quite scarily. Like, it felt like the announcers hadn't been forewarned about that because they just scattered. And I swear I heard a member of the audience going like, you're right. Yeah. Um, anyway, Dana grabs the kendo stick. She gets on the announce table. Cora trips her, sends her into the booth, points and laughs, grabs the stick and cracks it across Dana's stomach. Uh, they get back into the ring. Dana's trying to grab for the multiple kendo sticks that are now in there. Cora stops her, nails her across the back. She body slams onto a, a set of sticks. I think I'd r- far rather take us you hitting me as hard as you can with the kendo stick across my back than landing on the uneven ground of multiple kendo sticks. Uh, she, like, puts a chin lock on Dana Brooke with the, the stick, but Brooke manages to escape. Um, Cora hits her, just wails on her with the stick. She ties her arms behind her in the corner and hits her with a nice running knee. Um, but Dana comes back. I think it's like a somersault splash, but Cora gets an underhook DDT for two. And then, yeah, here comes the moment. Cora goes, oh, this kendo stick's really not getting the job done. I'll just get a chair. So she gets it into the ring. She opens the chair. And I thought, okay, if you're not going to use, like, I'm I'm giving a bit of leeway because it's best show of the week, NXT, right? If you're just going to sit someone on a chair and hit them with a kendo stick, it's not ideal, but at least it's not using the chair as a weapon. Yes. So she puts Dane on the chair. She gets the stick. She goes over to Kalani Jordan. Watch this. Go back to where you belong, Dana, says Cora Jade. Kalani gets on the apron. Cora gets rid of her, or attempts to anyway. Kalani jo- drops down, and Cora turns around into a drop toe hold onto the chair. Even that, I was like, okay, that's just, it just happens to be in the ring. She's brought it in there. Turn about fair play. If you get hit with the weapon yeah. accidentally that you've brought in, fair enough. Dana just grabs the chair and starts nailing her with it. And Kalani goes, and this is where you feel stupid, because I get it. Kendo, normal kendo stick versus chair, right? And you've just put over the chair. Well, how do we go back to a kendo stick to make this match finish? What if it's pink? What if it's pink, <laughs> That's a difference. How silly do you feel now, eh? You just, all your credibility washed away. You didn't think, did you? Pink kendo stick. So that gets the job done. Yeah. Pink now. Oh, my God. Like, this is, I swear to God, this is not a made-up anecdote to make a point burying um, WWE and how for brained they have <laughs> for brains in this company how does a lick of paint <laughs> on a weapon make that weapon more yeah right yesterday um getting from work 
and as always happens when you're a parent of two young kids, there's always jobs to do mm-hmm. to make tomorrow that bit easier. So you've got to do, they're on like um, six weeks summer holidays, vacation. <laughs> uh, so for the first week, we just sent them back to school. It's, <laughs> it's a, The system's broken. It's a grassroots thing program where like people um, organize football. It's like a big PE week, basically, yeah, yeah. that you pay for. Um, so she needs a certain outfit, she dresses and stuff like that. So you're trying to like, she likes to wear a dress, but I'm saying like, it's more like sporty attire mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. all the rest of it. So went to the wardrobe and at the chest of drawers and started picking some outfits, okay? And she's so wonderful, my daughter Charlotte, right? But very, very willful and stubborn and independent and likes to do things her way. You've mentioned before when you get a dress for school, you don't say pick whatever you want. You lay out two outfits. Yeah, and you have to options. do two outfits. So I forget to do this. I've already picked out two outfits. She wants a third and then she, <laughs> and then she wants another spare for a bag and she just wants to do these things. And it's a great trade. Yeah. It can just sometimes get a little bit frustrating. So when she gets all of the clothes onto the floor that on the room of just tidied on Saturday... <laughs> So, right, okay, so, like, so I think I've got a trick here. You try and convince her to pick something so we can get on with the other jobs, like the park lunch and the baths and all the rest of it. So I find this jumper that she just doesn't like, even though I think it looks really um, cute and fashionable. So I'm trying to sell her on it, okay? It's pink uh-huh. with different colored dots on it. Pink's her favorite color and mine. Like, oh, Charlotte, it's one of our favorite colors. Okay. That, it's pink. And guess what, Charlotte? Not only is the background pink, but it's got a different shade of pink dot here, and there's some yellow and there's some gray, and there's, a, there's like three different kinds of pink on this jumper. And she goes, I want to wear that one instead. <laughs> My five-year-old daughter is not impressed by the color of pink, even though it's a favorite color, enough to wear it for a PE week. And a pink kendo stick has magical powers, apparently, to Dana Brooke. And what are we doing here? I don't know whether um, Cora Jade went a bit far with her kendo stick shots, because it felt like Dana was giving her a bit of a receipt with some of these. They both cracked the kendo stick. They laid it in. I'll give them that. They worked really hard, and maybe they worked hard enough that it felt like there was a sense of worked animosity. And this is one of the few times I can make a physical comment on wrestlers, because I haven't taken a kendo stick shot before, but I've told this story before. We were filming something for the channel, and as part of it, we had a shot where two people are talking in the foreground, and me and Phil Chambers are playing pool in the background, and Phil breaks a pool stick across my back, a pool cue across my back. Now, full disclosure, we'd gimmick that to within an inch of its life. He yes. barely, he could have just tapped me across the back. He didn't like proper smash it in the back of me, but he gave it enough force that it would break, but also no malice in it whatsoever. I complained about that for a week. So God knows what these yeah, two, so know, fair I play. Know. I did wince a lot during this. Um, she sets up the... So, yeah, batters Cora J with a kendo stick, beats her in the corner, sets up the... Uh, puts down the chair with kendo sticks on it, suplexes her onto the chair and the kendo sticks, swanton off the top, Dana Brooke, one, two, three. Good. I mean, oh, hey, what am I doing with my life watching this? Uh, this is a bit of a lull, this, for me. Illy's in the locker room. These back-to-back segments, I mean. Illy's in the locker room. It's just, all right, we get it. 
you're setting up something for the close of the show. Mello comes in, says, Trix is pissed off. He's going to call you out. Ilya says, look, if he does that, um, I'm going to answer him. Mello says, look, Trick doesn't want a match. Ilya says, good, I'll break him, and on Sunday I'll break you. Very good. And then how do you make the most boring team in NXT more boring? You add Damon Kemp to it. <laughs> Charlie Dempsey and Drew Gulak are doing their school that was only entertaining when Thea Hale was in it, and then Damon Kemp says, can I have a bit of this? And they go, hmm, and I think I couldn't care possibly oh, no, no, no. It's like That or Matt Hardy. <laughs> Right. What would I rather watch? What would I rather endure? And then the, the answer, of course, is not Matt Hardy. The highlight of the show for me came next because, of course, it was Tony D and Stax tagging, right? Yes. Uh, against uh, Bronco Nima and Lucian Price. I just say as well, those uh, uh, Tony D'Angelo suplexes. Oh, my God. Also, I know he's been in prison, so obviously he's been doing push-ups and chin-ups all the time. Tony D in that vest right now. Oh, my God. Looks a lot bigger. He does, eh? We could have played... We could have played that yesterday, and I don't think even we would have said, so you got the number one contenders for the tag team titles and the debuting or, you know, uh, very early emerging. stages. Yeah, emerging new tag team. Who thinks going to be on commentary for this match? And I don't think even we would have landed on a man who, I suppose it makes sense to have him on commentary because he'll make sure that we... Pay attention, please. Scripts. 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 He's aligned with them now. Or Reggie. They couldn't decide that on commentary either. Yeah. And also, they couldn't decide whether if you're friends with him, you get to call him Scripts, or if you're friends with him, you call him Reggie or Reginald, or, or how that works. Yeah, I haven't got a clue. Why is he aligned with this tag team? Uh, huh? What did they say during this match? I'm sure there was some justification. I, I, I feel like he was scouting out. Up, no, he wouldn't have been doing that, would he, actually? No, that wouldn't make any sense because he's not the whole... I don't know why they're a stable now. They have not... They've, I'm sure they give us an explanation. I remember listening. Like, what? It was It was very much, let's work this backwards. And they went, right, uh, Tony D, Stacks obviously have to win. We've kind of booked ourselves into a corner, though, because there's this awesome emerging new tag team that do look great and have... <laughs> Grand Theft Auto graphics as part of their entrance, basically. Yeah, right? zero and one. So they zero and two. They don't want. Uh, I don't want them to lose clean. So we need some sort of distraction for whatever reason. I mean, it's great. Let's not have them live on any show. The Gallus boys aren't going to be part of it. So we need someone or something to distract the new team so that they can lose, but with an asterisk. <laughs> Axiom and scripts run through? Okay. Because <laughs> that's what happened. The match was going on. Uh -huh. uh, Price and, and Nima were, were looking pretty good in there. Mm. Um, but at some point, Axiom... Nerd! ...runs in and uh, whilst he's doing commentary, attacks Skitty. Pay attention, please. And uh, he, they go through the ring. I think Stax at one point as well gave a little kick to one of them, which but they dissolve. Um, and Axiom does a big dive out of the ring through the ropes. And as a result of that, it distracts the team of uh, Price and Nima. Tony D gets the hot tag. He runs wild, cleans house. Bada bing on uh, Lucian Price. Lu Tony D covers him. One, two, three. Get in. Momentum as we head to uh, towards uh, you, this you weekend. You need that momentum. You need that momentum. Um, I like the Tony D suplexes. Yeah. That was my actual takeaway from this match. I went, oh, that's good form. 
And it looked then, like you were actually throwing someone into a perilous position. Yeah. Um, and then Gallus appear on the Tron and say, uh, don't get too comfortable. Everything can change in the blink of an eye. Uh, and when it comes to the tag titles, it's always and forever. Gallus boys on top. That's not the same as on top as what Rhea Ripley no, is. No, no, okay. But yeah, please, God, don't. I, I mean, I've, it might be, but I, I don't want to think of anything less in the world than the sexual um, activity of the members of Gallus. Yeah. Um, please, God, let them not be tag team champions this time next week. Mm-hmm. Let it be Tony D and Stax. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, somebody say my name! So, I did, actually. Oh, God damn it. So if I said your name, like, in an hour, would you come back? Is that how it works? It's like, uh, goddamn uh, Beetlejuice. I ain't never seen the movie. I only watched The Godfather, but apparently going to uh, Beetlejuice, you the goddamn mirror. Hey, guys. Is that uh, the Candyman, or is it both? A bit of both. A bit of, bit of, bit of, bit of, bit of, bit of Beetlejuice. Candyman, I don't goddamn know. I only watched The Goddamn Godfather Part 1, okay? Maybe I'll get round to the others one day. <laughs> part 2 is... Uh, everyone says it's better than 1. It isn't. Yeah, I ain't never seen it. I ain't seen it either, actually. Uh, Who asked you, Willie? All right. I've got a, uh, maybe now's not the right question. I was, I've got a question. Uh, something important I'd like to ask you um, with the impending birth of my child, but it feels like inappropriate probably to ask it now. Yeah, why don't you just shut up, huh? Sitch, what's the deal? I, I, I keep landing here for this goddamn show, and it, it, it's July, and it's raining. What's the deal with rain, Sitch? <laughs> rain is precipitation. Um, I don't actually know the science behind why it <laughs> rains, uh, but it rains, and as much as it can be an inconvenience when, for example, you're trying to do a single solitary summer activity in England in July, and instead you are trapped in your house because, you know, uh, I don't want to do something incredibly expensive every single weekend. Mm. I'm trying to keep a little bit of uh, money for the holiday that we're going on imminently. Um, but rain is water stacks that comes out of the sky. I don't know how, um, but it's necessary for, like, um, agriculture and the general uh, life. Indeed, uh, I do believe a philosopher once said, if you want the rainbow, you got to put up with the rain. You know who said that? Dolly Parton. And people say she's just a big... Uh, they say... Uh, they say... <laughs> I heard people uh, say uh, here in England, oh, it is raining cats and dogs. And yet... You say that in America too, Stark. I, I, it's raining cats and dogs, and yet I still can't get myself any pussy or bitches, huh? What's going on? Three jokes. Are three you an incel, Stacks? Excuse you? Sorry. Sorry, Stacks. Sorry. <laughs> three jokes. Is it just a joke? Yeah, just a joke. How, how, does, how, how do you do sex wise? Uh, well, we'll get it. We'll, we may well get into it, actually. Uh, okay. Uh, three jokes, three questions for you, Sidge. Question number one <laughs> What do you call a grizzly bear in the rain? Grizzly bear in the rain. Um, sometimes you do a bit of deadpan stack, so I'm thinking wet. Good. Not right. What do you call a grizzly bear in the rain? <laughs> a drizzly bear. <laughs> I like that one, Stax. That's good, that one. <laughs> Shut up, you. Question joke number two. 
What does a meteorologist use when they go hunting? Papa Sean's big fan of hunting. Dead downwind, apparently. <laughs> so a meteorolo- meteorologist when they go hunting. A uh, shotgun. Like a shotgun. It's more like a, a, a rifle. rifle that they right, use. Rain Shotgun's a pretty <laughs> brutal way for an animal to die because um, it relies on a close impact yeah, risky. shot. So you can't do it from distance. And realistically, do you want the hide of the animal? Do you want the meat? Oh, yeah, like Red Dead. You have to be careful where you shoot it. So you yeah, yeah. So there's a you know pelt. Is it? I hate. Yeah, I hate to say, but there's a strategy to hunting. So I don't think a shotgun necessarily. What's no, your strategy for hunting? Don't hunt because yeah, mine too. Um, you know, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna kill an animal, I'm gonna goddamn eat it. <laughs> um, and farm it. So what does a meteorologist use when they go hunting? Well, Starks, as you can tell from my description of rain, I do not know anything about weather, so I'm going to go pass. You're going to kick yourself. What do the meteorologists use when they go hunting? Picture that. Michael Fish hunting, huh? <laughs> a rainbow. Ah! Uh, okay, there's a weather point. I should have seen that coming. And finally, to answer your question with my question, Joe. What's the thing on the top of the house that you used for weather? A weather weather cock. vane. Weathercock. Why did I say weathercock? Weathercock. Uh, yeah, time to suck my weathercock. <laughs> <laughs> Answering your question earlier with joke question number three, Singe. How is my lovemaking like rain in a hurricane? Huh? Picture that. Right, okay. Not my lovemaking, the rain in a hurricane. Uh, right, one more time. How is my lovemaking... Like rain in a hurricane. Okay, so rain in a hurricane pretty much splatters everywhere. Yeah, hurricanes are pretty devastating. Oh, sex laughing, yeah. isn't it? It's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just no good with these. No, you're not. So that's why you shut up. Right. <laughs> uh, um, I'm going to go with my... Liquid flies everywhere. Good. It's very good. It's not right, Sage. How is my lovemaking like rain in a hurricane? <laughs> You'll get four inches per hour and very wet. See? Bye, Bye, Stacks. Modest guy. So I'm inferring that his uh, technique is excellent. Mm. It's not the size. I use it. Indeed. Die Jack. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> he, uh, he talks about Eddie Thorpe and the goated NXT Underground win um, and talks about how that went to his head. Uh, he thought he was a title contender. That's why he took uh, Eddie Thorpe out, says Die Jack. Slow your roll, especially when you're chasing the same title I am. Which one's that? Keep losing. And how many people are in this North American title picture as well? Like, where's Tyler is that Bate? What he, is that what he was referencing? I don't know, I don't know but where's Tyler Bate? I don't, good question. Um, anyway, you, can't, don't, you don't want any of this. You can't, can't beat me. That's not set for the pay-per-view, is it? No, not yet. No, well, not yet. Not at all. It's going to be presumably a TV thing. Yeah. But yeah, I really like... Weapons Wild again? Uh, we'll get to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imminently, in fact, uh, because we teased this. They were teased earlier on in the show. We see exclusive footage of Roxanne Perez jumping Blair Davenport while she was, I don't know, 
doing like an Instagram live from the convenience store? Christ knows. Um, but yeah, they channeled their inner Stone Cold and Booker T here. Um, I very much enjoyed looking at the shop, the, sorry, store. Is it, no, the shoppers. I'm doing inverted commas oh, yeah. here. <laughs> they definitely were real life shoppers. And not really good collegiate level athletes who what have we, subsequently been hired by WWE. What are they selling at this shop? Because everyone here is absolutely j- 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 jacked. Yeah. Um, so that was fun to watch. Some of them scarper out of there. And some one of them, there was one point where I think like, I don't know, Roxanne Perez was getting chucked into a freezer or something. Someone's still just doing their shopping. Like, well, I've got a trolley full here. I'm not just going to leave it. Um, they use shopping carts as weapons. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> clean up on aisle three. Oh, my God. All, the, all good stuff. Uh, boxers just getting hoyed all over the place. Uh, but, yeah, Roxanne kicks the crap out of Blair Davenport and says, this is what you wanted, right? This is what everyone wanted. This is just a taste uh, of what you're going to get at the Great American Bash and the sirens and, and uh, Roxanne Perez scarpers out of there. Stone Cold-esque. Why are they trying to make everyone Stone Cold Steve Austin? <laughs> yeah, that's Dana a- Brooke, Cora J. Let's make a, let's make a, uh, from now, we've got two on that list. There's guaranteed to be a whole load more. It's time to play the game! Time to play the game. Did it, did it, Who's gonna play old Stone Cold this week? So I don't yeah. know why he's the Undertaker slash Jim Ross. So I can't we, do Stone Cold. Can you do a Stone Cold voice? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah, you can. Yeah. Um, so we've got to basically go through Stone Cold's the, the the moments that are most synonymous with Stone Cold, like you say, passing out in a in a submission hold. The, the Booker T fight in the supermarket. So you've got to go beer truck, presumably, next. Beer truck or a different kind of liquid. Yeah, what if, yeah, exactly. What if Charlie Dempsey's in the ring, beer truck rolls down, and you think, oh, my God, he's going to get sprayed with beer, and then suddenly, oh, no, get sprayed with piss. That, that as well. What about <laughs> in a continuation of the Kiana James, Gigi Dolan oh! feud after a heat angle and Gigi Dolan... Gets beaten up by Kiana James. Revenge attack the following week. She comes out in a truck and she just sprays paint all oh over God. Kiana James. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. You've completed it. I've written the feud. That is ge- genuinely genius. Yeah. Metaphor. Who's going to be old Stone Cold this week? Yeah. Right. Remember, remember that for next week. That's a new game. New game. New game just drops. Because we uh, we remembered, was it on the Raw? It was, wasn't it, on the Raw review? Dude, Dude where's, where's my tits? <laughs> We're the best. <laughs> uh, Supernova Sessions. Head time? No, Supernova, ah. Supernova Sessions is back. Um, and uh, Noam Dar still doing the whole weekend, weekend at Bernie's shtick. And Paul, Lash Legend, and Chachara Jackson, and Aura Mensa are trying to sort of get him out of this funk. Uh, but they've done some research, Sige, and uh, they say, look, technically, Noam wasn't medically cleared to fight, so that's why Oramensa stepped up. He took Fraser to his... Nathan the Fraser. When I'm cleaning windows. To his limits, um, but Fraser's a snake and a criminal. He took the win, took the title. Um, but you never meet the man that held it, so we've got a surprise for you, Noam Dar. Mm-hmm. It's the Heritage Cup! And they give it to Noam Dar, and that sort of snaps him out of it. He bumps out of his wheelchair, jumps to his feet, says, I'm not, dr- I'm not dreaming, am I? He grabs the cup, 
Uh, Jakara Jackson says, the undisputed Heritage Cup champion. Uh, but this is interrupted by Nathan Fraser. When I'm cleaning windows. And Dragon Lee. Uh, and they do the whole, oh, I see a double here. And Dragon Lee's like, yeah, two Heritage Cups and two annoying women. Uh, and a man who's too, del- too delusional uh, to realise he's, he's not the real champion. Uh, Dar says, well, I never lost. And Fraser says, you're just like the cup in the ring. A massive fraud. They've been on a roll with these sorts of things, haven't they, recently? Oh, my God, Nathan Fraser is the biggest geek. Uh, I don't know. He didn't say seven-year itch, more like seven-year bitch this Yeah, but week. Finn Balor's got a massive hog. Good point. Very good point. just, like, a really cool guy, and he was the leader of the Bullock Club when it was cool. Fair. It's Nathan Fraser, done it be cool. Uh, he's done some pretty hard-hitting home truths, mate. <laughs> Why don't we sort this out right now, says Nathan Fraser, and... Uh, I think Aura Mensa says, fair enough for this four of us, and there's only two of you. But then uh, Valentina Ferroz and Ulyssa Leon um, get involved. And Fraser and Lee get in there and uh, hit stereo super kicks on Mensa and Dar and do a big dive onto them. And that sets up a big eight-man mixed tag match for the pre-show at the Great American Bash. Yeah. <laughs> it sure did. Oh, we're here. Not main event, better the hail montage, baby. Oh, yeah. She's uh, training, um, and there's talking heads from the brilliant uh, Andre Chase of Chase U and Duke Bloody Hudson. Um, Chase talks about Thea starting wrestling school three years ago, parents driving her to shows. There's images to go with all of this. Um, we get a flashback. Remember Bodie Hayward? Flashback to her signing with, with Chase yeah. U. Uh, yeah, Mont- had, like real attitude or something. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. It's a shame all that. Um, we get a montage. Uh, Duke's obviously taking credit for making her what she is because he's still a bit of a bell end, despite the fact he's potentially one of the biggest baby faces in all of wrestling. Yeah, um, she's uh, putting everyone in the Kimura in training, uh, running. Duke says, "Don't doubt her because when that happens, the battle royal happens, gold rush happens, last week happens. She doesn't need a miracle." Says Thea, she just needs to prove people wrong. She knows she can win. She can become the youngest NXT Women's Champion in history. Oh, this fired me up. Her facials in this video and the montage, it's like, how can this, and I'm being earnest here for probably the first time in the entire podcast, (laughs) how can this be so kind of silly? Yeah. Fundamentally stupid that there is a university in a wrestling company (laughs) And yet I actually feel things when this woman performs. 100%. Like, she is so great. This character is so fantastic. Like, I desperately can't... Not desperately. I don't give that much of a... Sh- mm-hmm. I don't give that much of a toss. But I really want her, when I'm watching it... I This occupies my mind precisely zero times throughout the week. But when I'm watching it on TV, I watch Thea Hale in a genuinely incredible grasp of this character who knows itself so much more than so many characters on wrestling TV, how to get it over, how to make it feel like she has this interior life. And it's the stupidest of interior lives. Yeah. She's a college student in wrestling. And yet, because it means so much to her, and because they've... Did you see the footage of her at a shoot graduation? Yeah. When she was like, this is her. And then they've realized, right, for once, instead of putting Axiom in a mask... Or doing all these stupid gimmicks like you have, a, you're a bird. What? <laughs> they've given the character, the person behind Thea Hale, a gimmick that clearly they've watched her energy and her enthusiasm and thought they've done something really clever. Yeah, and it's also very stupid. And it's 
I want her to win this match. Yeah, I'm going to be hot. I don't think she's going to, obviously. But We're not previewing this, are we? Uh, I don't know the finish. Oh, go on. Tiffany Stratton is going to have her in a submission, and Duke Hudson's going to throw in the towel. <gasps> oh, my God. For, like, I don't know why the nefarious means are. Maybe he just wants to be around people he can, like, put the thumb yeah, on. he wants to be the top guy and chase you. To make himself feel good, and she's getting a little bit too much of a winner. Mm. He wants to align himself with these losers to make himself feel better about the fact that he's a loser. She's getting a little bit too close to winning and he's going to throw in the towel. Great shout that. Read it. I think that's it's a terrible shot because he should just be a baby face, but I think yeah. that's what's going to happen. I uh, also like the fact that Thea Hale was probably one of the first people ever where WWE said, it's you, but turned up to about six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not 11, Jesus. Um, we get the unaired footage of Los Lotharios breaking up last week. Remember, they've come down to NXT for about three seconds yeah. and then lost one match and immediately lost. Uh, Angel's going after Umberto, yells in his face, says, what are we doing here? We're we chasing tiles, we're we chasing women. I'm not doing this anymore. He walks off. I'll bet you they are. I'll bet you they're back together soon. Probably, yeah. Rhea Ripley versus Lyra Valkyria came next. Oh, my God. Understandable why Rhea said she wanted to work with Lyra. Yeah. I get it, 100%. Um, and they told a really good story, an obvious story, but a great story nonetheless. Ripley's the women's world champion over on Monday Night Raw, so she's not going to be in complete jeopardy. But despite the fact that Lyra's sort of baby-faced in peril, she got some good near falls and, and, and almost, you know, shocked Rhea at parts. Um, I did like the bit where Rhea went for a clothesline, Lyra ducked, chopped Rhea down and walked over her, and Rhea was like... Oh my god. What did you just do? What an excellent spot that folded into the general theme of the match, which was someone getting over in defeat here yeah. and really showing that she belongs. I thought this was class. She uh, at one point I think Lyra got a roll up and Rhea Ripley went, Right, you got a two count there, and for that I'm gonna German suplex the crap out of you. Yeah. Awesome. And there was another German as well where it felt like Rhea Ripley had to do this incredibly convoluted setup. Just to get a move on yeah. this opponent. Like, this is so smartly crafted. Um, Rhea goes for Riptide. Lyra gets her in a sleeper. Rhea has to go into the corner and chuck her out. And Ripley realizes, like, I'm in a bit of a state here. I'm going to have to go up top. Climbs the turnbuckles. She's pretty confident, though. She's doing the old Eddie shimmer for, for Dirty Dom. But she's taking her eye off the ball. Uh, she gets shoved off the top rope by Lyra Valkyria, uh, who then goes to do a big sort of wrecking ball drop kick. Dom has to save Mammy and eat that himself. Nevertheless, Ripley takes an apron Hurricane Rana, uh, but as Lyra comes off the top, she gets caught in a high crossbody. Ripley catches her, uh, goes to thank, goes for a vertical suplex. Valkyria counters that into a DDT. Oh, my God. Uh, I was going crazy in the house for NXT in-ring action. Yeah. Lyra Valkyria, frog splash, near fall. Um, she goes to do a springboard off the middle ropes and just gets nailed by a forearm by Rhea Ripley, who finally sees the opportunity, gets her up, rip tied to Lyra Valkyria. One, two, three. But Ripley recognizes what she's just seen there from Lyra Valkyria, and she gets in her face afterwards, not to rub it in, but to say, prove me right, defeat JC Jane. And Valkyria says that she will, and I believe her after that performance. Jesus Christ, this is so good. Like, I love, a, a TV match is distinct from a pay-per-view because this is not necessarily you would put on a pay-per-view no. card to sell tickets or get generate buys, but you can tell great stories on TV and gently advance people and... Um, elevate them to a certain level past where they were and take them seriously. And I did that with, of all people, Bird Person. Now, it's a bit, we know, like, the person playing this ridiculous character is, in fact, 
really talented, but this is the first time you were able to see the talent. And I keep saying she's really talented and this match is really good because I don't want to, I don't want what I say next to scan as um, like patronizing or dismissive of Laia Valkyria. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. But what an incredible individual performance this was from Rhea Ripley. Yes. She is so unbelievably great. She is the best women's wrestler in North America, pretty much by a mile, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's harsh. Athena, Willow, you know, Asuka, Io. Th- th- there's lots of talent, but I just think that her star power, her physicality, the way she can craft the match, I just think it's kind of head and shoulders up with the rest, and maybe with the exception of Athena, because... As I said before, that setup for one of the Germans was like, I'm going to have to really mm. outwit this opponent because she's clearly strategized. She's clearly put everything behind this match. And that in itself puts the match over as this thing that athletes have prepped for and spent all week worrying about. And that German was great. And then her just the rampage when she was on offense and got pissed off yeah. that Valkyria had sort of stepped to her was like, just when she throws a drop kick, it feels like she's just crushing people's sternums <laughs> and labrums and like, oh my God, I just thought this was so good. That DDT as well. Mm. Like, could that be the next, could that lead to a part of the match where there's going to be a shock result? This felt like two characters, two wrestlers, Intent on putting on a great match where you could barely reg- like scan the intent as desperation, yeah. which is so often a problem I have with modern wrestling, as much as I'm very lenient towards it. This was like an excellent proving ground match mm. that wasn't so desperate in its layout. I just thought this was excellent. I won't say I necessarily bought a pinfall for, for Lara Valkyria, but there was definitely a point... I felt that one that could have been close. Yeah, there was definitely a point in this match where I thought they've lost the match with Liv Morgan at SummerSlam because of Liz's unfortunate real injuries. Get well soon to, to Liv Morgan and Kevin Owens, of course. And they've gone, why don't we just have Rhea lose to Valkyria here with like a shock result? And then you say, well, she's pinned her, so she gets the title shot at SummerSlam. And that gets Rhea on the card, and you can just do a little five-minute match there. And we can get to showcase a young talent that we've obviously got big plans for in the future. There was a bit where that thought did enter my head. I thought it was a, a brilliant performance by both. But yeah, Rhea Ripley, uh, me and Andy did a, a Q&A thing that's going to be coming out on the weekend, I think. And someone asked us a question about whether a woman will ever be the sort of you know, figurehead of uh, you know a, a, a Western wrestling company and like... I was like, as long as Rhea Ripley's around, absolutely. She's absolutely. The, she's the star of the act on Monday Night Raw, which is doing other than Cody Rhodes, it's Cody and Rhea Ripley for yeah. me. Yeah, it really, truly is. It's not Seth. I think he's dipped from earlier this year. Like, I think the two most over captivating, responsible people for those numbers are Rhea Ripley and um, Cody. Cody. Yeah. Uh, so that was the, the end of that, and then it was Trick storming out, telling Mello, get your ass out here. Um, he says, well, first of all, he says, Mello's going to handle you at the Great American Bash, but I'll handle you right now, basically. Ilya comes out, and <laughs> Trick does not hold back and nailing him with a drop kick in the uh, entranceway. Hoys him into the barricade, beats him up, slams him on the outside, throws him into the ring steps, Dragunov fights back, cuts off Trick Williams, hits him with a series of suplexes on the floor, rolls him in the ring, chops 
the piss out of him. So much so that Trick, I don't know if this was a plan or not, but he crumbled to the floor and he was like, no, 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 I'm not finished. Up you get again. More chops for you. Um, Trick's uh, crawling away, desperate to just get away from this beating that's been put on him by Ilya Dragunov. Grabs Ilya's foot. Ilya hits him as hard as he can with an elbow smash. Another one. He sets him up in the corner. Uh, he says, look, you wanted to fight Trick. He does the whole, Andrzejko in the corner. Goes to do the Torpedo Moscow or whatever it's called. His finish. Mellow takes the bullet for Trick Williams. He jumps in the way. Ilya can't believe what he's seen, but he grabs the title. He grabs the microphone. He says, Mello, you're a man of honor. Loyalty is rare. Hang on to it, because after this Sunday, after the Great American Bash, that is all you're going to have left after I take the NXT Championship. And Ilya stands tall to close the show. Dragunov kicks ass when he's not talking. And he looked like he was beating the piss out of this dude. And it was, like, violent and... This could be Carmelo Hayes' best match. In fact, I would be astonished if it wasn't because Dragunov in the ring just does uh, elicits a certain energy that very few in wrestling can. I'd it's, love to see him on a show that wasn't this because he's such a poor fit for it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, that. the elbow smash that he does is straight out of MMA. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, that's the kill shot. Yeah, terrific. I would love it if Dragunov was just a free agent or whatever, not in this company... Even though they do let him be Dragunov, which is something yeah. they would never have done in the past. And that's a good thing. It should just be the default. Anyway, <laughs> imagine Dragunov in the Callas family. Oh, my God. Working Kenny Omega, not having to do this absolutely dreadful character work that he's asked to do or navigate these awful scripts or these can they coexist storylines where he's just someone paid by Don Callas in storylines to go up against Kenny Omega because, well, Kenny, what are you going to do with him? Mm. What are you going to do with him? We thought you were 80% now, and that's why I've, you know, abandoned you. He will make you 20% in, like, <laughs> when he's done. Like, you could just, oh, God. Yeah. I want to like him more than I do because it's impossible to in this context. But a great go-homes uh, thing to close the show on ahead of the Great American Bash this weekend. Let us know your thoughts ahead of that show and off the back of this one on Twitter. Oh. At what culture WWE? Well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at what culture WWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Me and Sidge will try and review the Great American Bash. It's a very busy Monday coming up uh, on Monday following that show. And we'll be back later on today to look ahead to tonight's AEW Dynamite. But for now, this has been the NXT review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thanks to Stax. Thank you for joining us. Thanks to Nelly as well. And we. See you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.